Today we're going to begin a new series uh, in the book of Proverbs. I intend it to be a seven-part series. We're not going to go through all the book of Proverbs, but we're going to pick some topics in, in, in the book of Proverbs. And today we're going to talk about why study the book of Proverbs. James Billington served as the 13th Librarian of Congress. He died in 2018. As of 2020, the Library of Congress had 171 million items cataloged, which included 40 million books and other print materials in 470 languages. It included the world's largest collection of legal documents, films, maps, sheet music, and sound recordings. Under Billington's tenure, the Library of Congress grew an amazing amount of knowledge and information. And um, at one point, Billington made this astute observation about the Library of Congress. He said, with this enormous collection, it is more difficult than ever for our nation to know what to do with all this information. And then he said this, we have an info glut. And he asked this question, but have we become wiser? That's really a good question. Are we becoming wiser people? Uh, there are over 2 billion computers in the world. There are over 7 billion cell, phone, uh, cell phones in the world, but there are not that many cell phone users. It's like 4.5 billion users. There are over 2 billion websites, but there are only 400 million that are operational. We have plenty of information available. Are we getting wiser? Are we becoming wiser people? Wisdom is something that comes from God. True wisdom comes from above. That's according to James chapter 3. Wisdom is knowing what to do with the information that we have. The goal of the book of Proverbs is to impart wisdom. The word for wisdom appears about 45 times in the book of Proverbs. And the idea is one of skill. And it's used in the Old Testament about skillful people. Skillful in stone cutting. Skillful in sailing. Skillful in woodworking. Uh, skillful in counseling. In the book of Proverbs, it's about skill in living. Wisdom is the art of skillful living. It's an art. It's something that can be learned. So we're going to start this seven-part series, and we're going to look at various topics today. Why study the book of Proverbs? First reason, Proverbs provoke thoughtful engagement for all people. They provoke thoughtful engagement, and they're for all people. You have to engage with them. You can't just sit back and veg. Uh, it's, 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 a, it's, it, it's a cause for thinking. It's a cause for reflection. First, uh, Proverbs are for families. Proverbs are written for families. Look at uh, Proverbs 1.8. And the writer says, listen, 
my son, to your father's instruction, and do not forsake your mother's teaching. This is for families. It's for fathers and mothers and children. And kids are to learn from their parents, both of them. And they're to learn from their instruction. And that word instruction is, is a word for child training. It's, it's a word for discipline. And it's not just from dads. It's from mothers as well. And um, teaching. Um, it's learning about how to make decisions, how to treat people, how to develop godly character traits, how to, how to avoid dumb mistakes. Also, Proverbs are for the naive and the foolish. For the naive and the foolish. Look at uh, Proverbs 1.22. The writer says, How long will you who are simple love your simple ways? How long will mockers delight in mockery and fools hate knowledge? Now, the simple here referred to the naive. And that's not about mental capacity. It's about experience. Um, it's not about a lack of intelligence. It's about experience in life and, and understanding in life. And this is where kids fit. You know, they start out with, you know, they're pretty innocent. They don't have a lot of experience. They have quite a bit to learn. They're quite teachable. Um, the danger is, is when... The naive stay naive when they become adults. And that is possible. Um, and fools are those who despise knowledge. It's not that uh, they don't know. It's just that they don't want. It's not that they don't know about what God says and what God desires and what His instructions are. It's that they just choose not to pay attention to it. The Proverbs were given to train naive and to challenge the foolish. They were also given for the righteous. Um, Proverbs 11.6, The righteous of the upright delivers them, but the unfaithful are trapped by their evil desires. This was an affirmation for those who sought to live in a way that honors God. Those who are unfaithful are those who are caught up in evil desires. It's not that they don't know about God. These are people in the community. It's not that they don't know about God. It's that they're caught up in evil desires. They, they may even be trapped. Uh, this could be an addiction. And they need to break the cycle. And steps toward honoring God could deliver them. Proverbs is also for gossips. Proverbs eleven thirteen, A gossip betrays a confidence, but a trustworthy person keeps a secret. Um, a gossip betrays a confidence. Gossips betray others. They... They pass on information that wasn't intended to be shared with everybody. A trustworthy person keeps a secret. Now, keeping a secret here is not the same as keeping abuse a secret or anything like that. So it'd be, this would be totally taken out of context. 
Um, because the book, of, uh, the book of Proverbs and wisdom is about right living before God. It's not about continuing some major dysfunction. Um, it, it's about right living that includes justice and fairness. Now that's important when we talk about wisdom. Proverbs is all for, also for the kind-hearted. Proverbs 11.16, A kind-hearted woman gains honor, but, a, but ruthless men gain only wealth. Being kind-hearted honors God. Um, it's a fruit of wisdom. Honor is more important than wealth. It's God honoring to be kind-hearted. It dishonors God to be ruthless. The next one is one of my favorites. This is a great example for parents. Um, it's for the unmarried. So if you're unmarried, this is for you. Proverbs 21:19. You know this one? Better to live on a corner of the roof than share a house with a quarrelsome wife. You know, this is not so much for the married. It's for your families to train your kids so they can learn before they get married. Um, a quarrelsome wife could be observed on a daily basis. You could see them um, in the neighborhood. You could see a, a, an argumentative wife in the marketplace. It doesn't mean that the wife's not supposed to have her, their own views and that they can't have a disagreement with their husband. I'm not talking about that at all. I think conflict is normal, and I think it's about resolving conflict. But this is about a character type, a quarrelsome woman. There are some people that have this so ingrained, they have no desire to do it anything differently. And if you want to avoid a lot of stress, um, Kids, avoid a quarrelsome person. That's not enough. How about Proverbs 21, 19? Better to live in a desert than with a quarrelsome and nagging wife. Somebody had experienced that before it ever got written down. Somebody knew about this. You know, there was a little book that came out 20-some years ago. Was, Would you rather? Would you rather live in a desert or would you rather be with a quarrelsome wife? Well, we live in a desert. <laughs> Proverbs 27, 15 and 16, a quarrelsome wife is like the dripping of a leaky roof. Now look, look at the word pictures here. A leaky roof. Can you just imagine that? In a rainstorm. Restraining her is like restraining the wind. How do you restrain the wind? You know, you can try all kinds of things and put up things to block the wind, but you, are you going to really restrain the wind? Or the grasping of oil with the hand. How much oil can you hold in your hand? And the writer of Proverbs says, that's what it's like to live with the quarrelsome woman. Um, Proverbs are for all people. Proverbs chapter 8. Look at verse 1. Does not wisdom call out? Does not understanding raise her voice? So what we have here in Proverbs chapter 8 is we have wisdom 
personified. Wisdom speaks as if she is a person. And she calls out, verse 4, To you, O people, I call out. I raise my voice to all mankind because wisdom is needed for all mankind. You, verse 5, are simple. You who are simple gain prudence. You who are foolish set your hearts on it. And this is for all people. This is for you and for me. We never outgrow our need to gain wisdom. You don't reach a spiritual level and have it all together when it comes to wisdom. You have a lot to learn. But all of us can just keep growing and adding to wisdom. So why study Proverbs? Well, Proverbs promote thoughtful engagement for all people. The second reason is Proverbs provide multiple benefits for every student. Multiple benefits. We're going to look at a few. There's more, but we're going to look at a few. Uh, The first one I want us to see now. So we're going to focus right here on Proverbs chapter 1, verses 1 through 7. The first uh, benefit we see uh, in verses 1 and 2, it's about wisdom and understanding. And they're, they're closely related in the book of Proverbs, those two. And verse 1, the Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel. David was a great king of Israel. He had a son uh, who would follow him named Solomon, and he was a great king of Israel. And Solomon is given the credit for collecting the Proverbs. He didn't collect them all. There were other contributors, but he gets most of the credit for probably 95% of the book for collecting uh, the book, uh, the the Proverbs. And he says in verse 2, why did he do this? For gaining wisdom and instruction for understanding and words of insight. Gaining wisdom. Wisdom. This is about God's wisdom. It's not limited to human wisdom. So keep that. You always need to understand that when you, when you come to Scripture. We're talking about wisdom that comes from God. It's not conventional wisdom, but it's wisdom from God. It's, gaining, it's about gaining skill in living for God. He also writes, understanding words of insight to grow in moral and spiritual development. You're always going to need to grow in moral and spiritual development. We're going to see that more in just a minute. The next benefit is in in verse 3, instructions in in prudent behavior. Instruction in prudent behavior. Now, the word for instruction is the word for, word for child training. It's, it's the word for discipline. For receiving instruction in prudent behavior, doing what is right and just and fair. And that's that very strong connection between wisdom and justice. Doing what is right. It's not about just getting the correct answer for what you want, but it's about doing something that is honoring to God. God's wisdom is about learning to do what is right and just and fair. God's wisdom is about moral issues. 
It's not about self-centered goals. You know, how can I advance my career? Well, you can use wisdom to advance your career, but life isn't all about you as long as you live in submission to the Lord Christ. Um, Verse 4, prudence, knowledge, and discretion, another benefit. For giving prudence to those who are simple, knowledge and discretion for the young. The naive students can gain wisdom, can gain skill in living. The young students can gain knowledge and discretion. When we think about knowledge in the book of Proverbs, it's about knowing God and knowing His ways. Yes, it includes facts in life. We think about scientific truth, which is not absolute, but there's a lot of facts we can know. But true knowledge includes knowing God, who He is, what He's like, what He's like, how does He work? Proverbs are for giving knowledge and direction to the young. So what other benefits uh, does the student of Proverbs receive? And this, in verses 5 and 6, it's mental and moral development. And this is what's really going to separate it uh, for our culture today. Um, Studying Proverbs requires careful thought and reflection. Um, They are given in the form of couplets, usually two thoughts in each couplet. Verse 5, let the wise listen and add to their learning, and let the discerning get guidance. That's a couplet. For understanding proverbs and parables, the sayings and the riddles of the wise. Sometimes couplets, and we're going to see this as we go through the series, so I don't expect it. I'm I'm not going to illustrate each one here, but we'll see it in the series. Sometimes couplets are complementary. The first thought is completed by the second thought. So you're giving information in the first part of the proverb, and then you're getting added information in the second part. Sometimes the couplets are antithetical. That is, the second thought of the proverb is the opposite of the first thought. I told you it requires thinking. And sometimes the couplets are synonymous. The first thought is the same or almost the same as the second idea in the proverb. Now, this develops problem-solving skills. This helps to develop critical thinking skills. And kids in the Old Testament were learned to think they, they learn to think critically. Wisdom is not something you find in a computer. Wisdom is not found in computer games, but it in, because it includes the knowledge of God and knowing His ways. And so, you know, we live in a, in a culture that just wants a quick answer. How, what's the fastest way to get the right answer so I can move on? That's not what studying Proverbs is about. You don't learn to think critically when you can find an answer that way. Now, I'm not saying you don't use your computers. I'm not saying that at all. 
But we also need to learn to think critically and we need to teach our kids to think critically and to be wise. Um, So answers are not found in computers or computer games. The answers are found in applying wisdom to life. And that's going to take some thought. Um, I love this uh, quote uh, from one of the profs in my seminary days. He said, Proverbs were employed by parents and teachers to impart wisdom in a manner that made learning an adventure, a challenge. You know, some, sometimes the prof, the, when you read the Proverbs, you can just laugh out loud. They are intended at times to be funny. So you can enjoy learning. And so kids can. You know, when you, like, when you take time to, to help your kids, just use one proverb. Pick one that seems like it would be interesting and simple enough for them to handle. You don't have to read through chapter by chapter um, and try to get your kids to get it all at once. But learning to think with one proverb. The purpose in using proverbs was to help the young acquire mutual skills that promote wise living. Both the content and the structure of the sayings contribute to the learner's development. The process was a challenge and the product was a reward. Sometimes we just want things so easy and so simple, we don't even try a challenge. And we often don't think critically. And we don't know how to reflect. So this enhanced both mental and moral development. Thinking about that. Developing age-appropriate mental and moral development. We need both of these in our culture is greatly lacking in moral development. Think about that. We have a ton of information, but we're not gaining wisdom. And we're not growing in moral development. A world-famous geneticist, William French Anderson, was said to have an IQ of 176. That would be a genius. He was considered to be the father of gene therapy. But... At 60 years old, he was arrested and convicted of molesting a 10-year-old girl over a four-year period. At the press conference, the, uh, the press conference, his lawyer said these words, nothing about having an IQ of 176 means you have good judgment. extremely twice as smart as me, yet really lacking in moral judgment. He's extremely intelligent. And parents, you and I are responsible to help our kids grow in mental and moral development. It's not just gaining facts and more information to get the grade. It's about applying wisdom to life. Third reason. Third reason to study Proverbs. Proverbs promote the right attitude toward God. They promote the right attitude toward God. Proverbs chapter 1 and verse 7. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge 
But fools despise wisdom and instruction. What is the right attitude before, before God? It's the fear of the Lord. This is about respect and honor. It's being in awe of His greatness. It's not just knowing how powerful He is to crush evil. He is. He will. He's also loving and merciful and all-wise. It's being in awe of His greatness. It's about taking God seriously and His instructions seriously. Um, this means for us that we just humbly follow Christ. Because the fear of the Lord is also demonstrated with obedience. It's not just a, a humble attitude. It's demonstrated by follow-through. It's demonstrated by obedience. Proverbs 9.10, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. The fear of the Lord is foundational for gaining wisdom. You see how, how these are closely tied. If we're going to have wisdom, the art of skillful living... Wisdom that includes knowing who God is and knowing His ways. Knowing that it's not just the facts of uh, what we learn on the earth. It's about knowing something about the spiritual dimension, the invisible world of the spiritual life, and who God is. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Knowledge of the Holy One. How well do you know God? How well do you really know Him? What do you know about His character? You know, this is where I, I see so many Christians get confused and they, get, they worry and they get all bent out of shape because they don't fall back on what they know to be true or what the Scripture says because they don't know it. Knowing God is about being in a relationship with Him. So here's a question. How well do you know the people that you live with? How well do you know Dad? How well do you know Mom? How well do you know your kids? How well do you know maybe friends that you're living with? How well do you know them? And, and how, how do you get to know them? Well, it takes time, doesn't it? And you observe, and you talk, and you listen, and you ask questions, and you share. And you, you grow in knowing these people. I guarantee you, the people you live with, there's a tons of stuff you don't know about them. How well do you know God? And that's where we have to take time. We have to invest time to hear what He has to say. What's on His heart? Now, he's given us, if you're a follower of Christ, he's given us the Holy Spirit so he can tug your heart and pull the strings when he wants to, not to manipulate you, but to, to guide you, to prompt you. He's given you the Holy Spirit, and he's also given his word, and, and he, wants you, he wants you to listen to what he's had, he has to say. And um, the word of God is spiritually powerful, and it's... Um, 
It, it enables us to grow and to thrive when we have an intake. But we also, we also need to communicate back. We have to share what's on our heart. Be honest with Him. Sometimes we struggle. Sometimes we hurt. Sometimes we just need to say we're sorry. We need to be in a relationship with the true and living God. Proverbs 14.16, another passage. The wise fear the Lord and shun evil, but a fool is hot-headed and, feels, and yet feels secure. So this is a really simple one. It's a great one to talk to kids about. The wise fear the Lord and shun evil. Now we already know what fearing the Lord is. It includes honor. It includes submission. It includes humility. It also includes follow-through. And then it says to shun evil. What does that mean? You know, if you're talking to an eight-year-old, what does that mean, to shun evil? To, to, to turn from, say, get out of here. To shun evil. That's a choice. Um, and then, but a fool. Do you want to be a fool? A fool is hot-headed. Sometimes out of control with anger. Um, and yet feels secure. The fool is overconfident. They have no reason to be confident. And little simple saying from Proverb, wise to teach your kids. Proverbs 15.33, wisdom's instructions is, instruction is to fear the Lord, and humility comes before honor. The right attitude is to have fear of the Lord, to have humility before God and others. Honor that comes from God recognizes humility. Psalm 110, we're jumping out of the book of Proverbs. Psalm 111, verse 10, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. All who follow His precepts have good understanding, and to Him belongs eternal praise. The fear of the Lord is foundational uh, to wisdom. It is the art of skillful living. And God values wise people. As you grow in wisdom, you grow in skill in navigating life. When you think about it, you know, life isn't all black and white, is it? This one's right, this one's wrong. This one's right, this one's wrong. It's not that way, is it? There's a whole lot of gray area. And how do you navigate that? And it often takes wisdom because we're free sometimes to make a lot of choices, but some are wiser than others and some are more foolish than others. God's wisdom helps us to know what to do, but we need to keep growing and we need to invest a lifetime in learning about God's wisdom. Proverbs helps us to do that. Last thing, key idea, key idea. If God is not honored and his word is not followed, wisdom can never be attained. Think about that one. If God is not honored and his word is not followed, you cannot be a wise person. Let's stand and let's pray.
Father, we um, humbly bow before you. We thank you that you have given us a book that uh, has wisdom for us. And that you've given us guidance through your word. That you've given us something that helps us to grow in understanding and to grow in our mental development and our moral development to think about how we relate to other people and how we relate to you. May we all move toward being in the fear of the Lord because that's foundational for wisdom. Help us to continue to learn wisdom. Help us to grow as Christ followers and to be wise. In Jesus' name, amen.